0: You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron.
2: Welcome, in Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. The NFL offseason is officially underway. We are just two weeks away from the start of free agency the uh, scouting combine just wrapped up in indianapolis and it's going to be an exciting next month or so here for the Bearport podcast i'm one of your hosts zach pearson it's been a couple weeks but aaron lemming is back he's done with his move to texas aaron how are you doing man
3: Doing all right man just getting uh getting settled I mean we we're talking about it a little before and we definitely won't get into it but the uh, the move as a whole was uh, an interesting experience to say to least. so let's leave it at that but glad to be here now we're in the same time zone maybe it'll be a little easier to do the logistics of the podcast and then uh like you pointed out man we're uh right around the corner from free agency which is really weird because like we're just talking about before we started recording this it's like I usually I have done like multiple Mock off seasons by this point and you know at least free agency and stuff like that it's like man I'm just I'm I'm really behind the curve right now but you know it's I guess what better time to really get going than right now
2: yeah man you're right I I'm I'm with you there I was kind of uh admittedly a little burnt out in January after the season ended and I think you always had that kind of dead period um you know after January you know end of January into middle February when there's really not much uh big NFL news and then the scouting combine kind of picks up and then from there you have these this one to two week window where you know there's not a lot going on but there's still stuff going on and then boom free agency hits next thing you know end of April we're in the draft then we have OTAs rookie mini camps uh training camp we'll be right back in the saddle for a full boat of uh regular season stuff so yeah I mean at least you moved during that, that kind of like dead period there could have been a lot worse. You could have been moving like during free agency, during the combine, all that stuff.
3: Yeah. And, and uh, things are already kind of settling out at work a little bit too. So yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be good overall. I think I'll still be able to be pretty involved. Like I said, I just got to get back into it and, you know, really kind of lock down. Cause I mean, it, especially with the NFL pushing free agency, Back another week or week and a half or whatever the hell it ended up being when, when it was all said and done. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you know we it, it's it, it's going to go a little bit quicker this year, which is good. I'm not complaining because it, it seems like the because I mean the majority of free agency. I mean, if you really think about it, and I think from a year to year basis, when we're in the middle of it, it's kind of a good reminder. But when we get out of it, we kind of forget. But it's like with free agency, especially. I mean, really, the big stuff is done within the first, you know, three or four days. I mean, by the time free agency officially starts, I mean, you're kind of already in your, your second wave. So, I mean, the the majority of the fun stuff really happens within the first week, weekends kind of time period. And then it's just, I mean, yeah, you got guys that are bringing in for visits and doing, you know, small things or whatever it may be. But, I mean, for the most part, you have that lull where before it was – what, like six, six and a half weeks until the draft. So at least the NFL was bridged that gap a little bit. Obviously got to wait a little bit longer, but I think they did a good job pushing out the combine too uh, to where I think things are going to flow a little bit more seamlessly here because, I mean, as we know with the you know, with the NFL offseason, I mean, you got free agency, then you got the long lull before the draft and the draft happens and you got kind of maybe that little second wave of free agency that starts. And, you know, it's kind of, it's not really a whole lot. And then everybody's kind of done shaping their rosters and then, after that, you got some mini camps, you got some OTAs, and then it's just kind of the wait. So, I mean, it's fun, but at the same time, it's still, you know, things kind of drag out. So, I think bridging that gap a little bit, at least between free agency and the draft will be, will, will be nice and I'll kind of keep everybody a little bit more in tune with what's going on than, uh, you know, previous years.
2: Yeah. I mean, it should be an exciting couple of weeks here. And we'll have you covered with this podcast, also the other Picks for Pace podcast on the Bear Report Network. Those guys are going to be doing a lot of draft stuff as well. Um, Aaron and I will be doing draft stuff, but we're going to pretty much focus here on this combine talk um, leading up until the free agency period and then OTAs and all of that. Um, but yeah, on, on this show, we have kind of uh, some good stuff for you. We interviewed uh, Brad Spielberger over the cap.com to kind of get his insight on the free agency period, give you guys um, a little bit of a rundown of how the comp picks work. I know that's always a big topic on the message boards. And then maybe a little um, predictions for the Bears. Uh, Aaron and I are going to get it kicked off here, though. Let's let's talk a little bit about the scouting comment and kind of what we learned um, from Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. They both met the media last Tuesday in Indianapolis. And it was interesting because the first point I want to bring up the, the one word that they both said over and over again in their separate press conferences competition. They both said they want competition, not only at quarterback, but all the other positions. Um, I think they kind of masked that where, you know, they were going to get asked, is Mitchell Trubisky the guy? Are, are you going to bring in someone to replace him? And while Pace again committed to Mitchell Trubisky, which honestly doesn't mean much because he is the only quarterback on the roster. So it's kind of like he has to commit to him, there is a sense that the Bears are going to bring in a quarterback for competition. And, um, you know, the rumors have been kind of swirling with Derek Carr, those trade rumors. And it was kind of, you know, leading up into the combine, you saw that Instagram post he had. And then, you know, uh, a couple outlets kind of picked up that maybe there was, um, you know, not the friendliest of relationships between John Gruden and Derek Carr. Maybe Gruden was ready to move on. But the combine, like, I kind of talked and I I asked a couple people around the Raiders and other teams. And I pretty much just asked, like, so is Derek Carr going to get traded? What's the latest on Derek Carr? No one could give me like a solid answer. They everyone was confused. No one knows what the hell's going on with Derek Carr. And then the other guy that the report came out from the Athletic was Andy Dalton. Um, and then my kind of thing with Andy Dalton is I just I don't mind Andy Dalton. I just don't know if he's worth giving up any picks of value for. Even though he does have, I believe it's like seventeen point five million cap hit, which is it. it to, to be honest, for a quarterback, especially if you think he's gonna be a starter that's not terrible it's just will the bears part ways with you know one of those two second rounders or or you know maybe a fifth round or or fourth rounder um but yeah the the quarterback talk was was the talk of the uh combine
3: well and rightfully so and obviously we'll get into this a little bit more with brad here in a little bit um but i mean this is i mean just And granted, obviously, you know, some of these guys aren't going to end up hitting the market, you know, over market. But it's one of those situations where, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of moving pieces going on right now. I mean, just to kind of give you an idea, you got Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, who said he was coming back. But at least, you know, because he's got the, they're going to have to rework his contract some way. So technically, he's technically a free agent. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. uh, And then obviously you got James Winston, Phillip Rivers. And then when you look at some of the trade options, like you just mentioned, you got Derek Carr. Uh, that I I I don't think he's going to be an Oakland Raider. I think something's going to end up happening. Um, and then you got obviously Andy Dalton. Uh, there's also Case Keenum out there as as far as a free agent. Nick Foles is another one that could be a trade option. Uh, there is a lot of options right now, and 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 that's kind of where. Okay, you know, everybody's kind of got to temper their expectations a little bit because, you know, the Bears don't have a ton of free agent or a ton of cap space for free agency or trades, blah, 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 blah. They also don't have a lot of draft picks either this year. But I I just, man, I, I just, I have a hard time seeing how the Bears can't come away with some sort of veteran competition at least. If not more than that, and here's my view on it. Okay, if you don't want to go out and sign a guy like Philip Rivers, that's fine. That you know, or Tom Brady. Okay, that that you know, I can understand why. But I think Andy Dalton's got to be kind of the minimum right now. I mean, even there's been some talk. You know, even a guy like maybe a Zach uh, Zach Sutfeld would would could make some sense for them as well. But I mean, let's just be honest here. Uh, the Bears are in a competition window, and the only reason. That things are so up in the air for them right now is quarterback play, and it's just one of those things. If you want to push Trubisky, then push him with somebody worthwhile. Uh, you know, push him with an Andy Dalton. I don't think Derek Carr is pushing Trubisky. I think Derek Carr comes in and he's your starting quarterback for the foreseeable future, if not your franchise quarterback. I, I guess maybe I'm higher on Derek Carr the most. Uh, Andy Dalton's obviously 34 years old. I think he's got one more year remaining on his contract. Uh, I think the Bengals think they're going to be able to get something for him. If the, you know, if any team gives up any more than a six or seven round pick, I'd be shocked at this point, but I mean, there's some options and that's just kind of the thing right now. I mean, the quarterback talk is going to be big because I mean, let's be honest here between the free agents, between the trade, uh, targets. I mean, it, even a guy like Cam Newton could still be had. I think it's just going to be kind of more of a later on down the road thing. And I don't think that's really going to interest the bears too much because of his health issues, But then you look at the draft. I mean, it's the same thing. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in the draft. I mean, you could see, you could end up seeing another four or five quarterbacks go in the first round of this year's draft. So a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of moving pieces. I think the Bears are in a good position to where they can at least add competition. Uh, I've been on record of saying it. I'll go on record of saying it again. I think the Bears should try to be coming out of this offseason with a real starting quarterback I mean even Teddy Bridgewater is out there I mean that's another name that I haven't even mentioned as far as a free agent as well I mean there is so many different options and I'm not saying that they need to go out and spend a ton of money but I do think I again I, I I'll, I'll keep pointing back to Derek Carr I think Derek Carr makes a lot of sense obviously Oakland, Oakland's got to be sorry the Las Vegas Raiders have got to get rid of him that's going to be another team I'm going to adjust to saying their their new city name but <laughs> the only thing I think in this kind of thing, I think Andy Dalton makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm not a huge Andy Dalton fan. I don't think it really moves the needle that much. Uh, I think he's kind of one of those quote-unquote competition pieces. I think he's better than Trubisky is, but I don't know how much he really moves the needle for this team overall. Maybe, you know, 10-6, and 11-5 French playoff team. That's probably going to be a first-round exit. I don't know. I, the Bears are in a tough spot, and it's really unfortunate because if Ryan Pace doesn't miss on the quarterback right now, I think that this team is looking – a lot like the Kansas City Chiefs right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what it goes back to. If he did not miss on that quarterback in the 2017 draft, we really wouldn't even be talking about this. Another name I would kind of want to bring up, and I think he does fit the mold of kind of what the Bears are reportedly looking for is Case Keenum. I don't think he's a long-term solution. He's a little older, but he's a guy that could come in and compete with Mitchell Trubisky, and I look at it one of two ways. The Bears either want someone to come in and beat out Mitchell Trubisky be a long-term starter, or someone a guy like Derek Carr, or on the flip side of it, do they want a guy to come in, compete, push Mitchell Trubisky, and force Trubisky to win the job? Something he hasn't had, you know, to do in his time with the Bears. So, you know, a guy like Case Keenum, the other name that keeps being floated out there is uh, Nick Foles. I don't know what Jacksonville is going to do with him if they release him. There's a big cat pit for him, for them. Uh, I believe he's owed somewhere fifteen point five million. Per year, I don't think the Bears are going to make that trade for him. Uh, He does have some connections with the Bears on that coaching staff um, already. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. But you and I do know one thing. It's not going to be Chase Daniel. It's not going to be Tyler Bray. It's going to be a new, at least one new face um, in the quarterback room. And I could just kind of see it going a couple different ways. I could see the Bears going with a veteran like Case Keenum. Um, I could see them also going with someone, maybe trading for someone like Derek Carr, or Andy Dalton. I also could see them drafting a quarterback um, come April's draft. And maybe they draft one, add someone like Case Keenan on a cheap deal, one year deal. And then next season, if, if, if you have, you know, if you get rid of Trubisky and you get rid of the veteran, you kind of have that quarterback in the pipeline that might be ready to start. It, it's just there's a lot of different things that could happen here through free agency in this draft. I'm excited to see how it's going to play out, but I just kind of wanted to go back to those comments of the, just the competition that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy both kept saying. You know, it, they wanted all positions, and to me, it kind of just it, it just kind of reeked of yeah, we want some competition to push our quarterback.
3: So, but l- let me ask you this though, because this is something that I've thought a lot about, and I'm kind of curious to get your perspective on it. Now, okay, we can talk about competition all we want with Trubisky, right? One, I'm kind of curious if it would even be a fair competition. I think from Matt Nagy's standpoint, it probably would be, because I think Matt Nagy's a hell of a lot more out on Trubisky than Ryan Pace is at this point. But my bigger question is, do we really honestly think that quality competition is going to make it to where all of a sudden Trubisky just becomes a better quarterback? Isn't that kind of part of his problem? At least in my opinion, it is. I mean, what do you think? I mean, it seems like no aspect is the bigger issue here.
2: Yeah, and, you know, to, to your point, I mean, does Ryan Pace want to admit right now that he, that he screwed up on Mitchell Trubisky? I mean, it, you and I can see it. I mean, it's fair, right? You, you can say he screwed up on Mitchell Trubisky. I can say it. I'll admit it 100%, even though both you and I really like Trubisky coming out of college. I just, yeah, I mean, that's a good point because, you know, I, I feel I agree with your point that Matt Nagy might be a little more out on Mitchell Trubisky. You know, maybe Matt Nagy's already got the one foot out the door, whereas Ryan Pace is still... Hey, you know, come back in here. Let's work with this kid. Um, in terms of fair competition, let's go back. I mean, look at the kicking competition they've had the last couple of years. Also, go back. I believe was uh, Ryan Pace was here when they had Tressway, correct?
3: Uh, no, that I, was a Phil. Yeah, that was, was a Phil every Okay, that was Tres and the uh, Tresway and Pat O'Donnell. That was the year that Emery took O'Donnell in the sixth round, and then it was never fair competition.
2: Yeah. So, what, what, there, there was like a, wasn't there like a punting competition or something like that? There was another, maybe it was kicker. I'm thinking with Connor Barth, that there was a kicker that kind of out kicked. And when you and I, I think it was the same training camp we were at, where we both said, is it a punter or a kicker? So, this is the guy.
3: Well, Connor Barth, it was Connor Barth and Andy Phillips. And Andy Phillips, Andy. Shot. yeah. So, yeah. He got, he yes, got the basically the Phillips. family thing. And then that was it. And I mean, even if Phillips wasn't the guy, it was still like Connor Barth was clearly not the guy and it just, yeah, and it that's the thing. Like
2: it didn't last that long either. Like there was no, there was no preseason kick. Like the preseason games didn't even matter for the kicking competition because they won with their guy.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's And, and I guess that's kind of my, that's kind of my concern with a competition. Is it really going to be fair? And and that's kind of where, uh, you know, I, I talked about this with James Fox, James Fox on Twitter a few days ago where it's, is it going to be a fair competition? OK, so, yeah, Matt Nagy may be more out on Trubisky, but ultimately Ryan Pace is the one making the calls. So if Ryan Pace is kind of like, all right, we want to see, you know, we want to, quote unquote, push him. But, you know, he's still going to be the starter. Then, I mean, he's probably going to be the one starting off of the quarterback one reps. He's probably going to be the one getting the benefit of the doubt. He's probably going to be the one getting the benefit of the, the better opportunities. And to me, that's just not a very fair competition. And then it also comes down to, you know, let's just say both guys are playing right about the same Level or maybe Dalton's playing slightly better. I think that you know in this situation, let's say it's Dalton or Keenan or Case Keenum, then you look at it and you say, okay, but are they really going to give it? Even if Dalton was slightly better in this situation, you know, if the, if he was the guy, are they really going to give it to Dalton? Or are they going to say this guy's thirty-four years old? We really didn't give up much form, or we just signed him, whatever it may be. We're going to go ahead and go with Trubisky. I, I just that's that's kind of where. I don't know if I trust the competition aspect. That's why I'd rather see a guy like a Derek Carr. Whether I, I would rather see something more plain, you know, plainly stated, like you know, if they get Derek Carr, Derek Carrs are starting quarterback. I'm sorry, but there's no competition there. I mean, they might as well they might as well go ahead and trade Trubisky or do what the hell they're going to do with them because Derek Carrs your guy at that point. But I don't think Andy Dalton, Keenum, uh, I don't think those guys. Even even a Nick Foles, honestly. I mean, if Nick Foles was, if Nick Foles was brought in, I'm not. I'm not penciling him in as a starter, especially after what what he looked like last year. I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, John De, Filippo obviously, you know, had pretty, pretty uh, you know, exclusive contact with him last year, you know, being the OC over there in, in Jacksonville. But I just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's one of those slippery slopes. Like, if you're not going to go out and you're not going to get one of the veterans that maybe has a few years left, like a Brady, like a, like a Rivers, somebody like that um i hope to hell that they don't go outside james winston just because winston's a terrible person i mean i don't really i don't care how good or or how bad you perceive him to be with the interceptions and touchdowns and passing yards and all that stuff he's a terrible person i mean it's just really that simple i want him nowhere near
2: if people had a problem with jay cutler wait till james winston gets here he's a he's a turd
3: i mean i don't really know how to put it i mean it's it's all and it's not just one of those perception blah blah no the, the dude I mean, his, his rap sheet speaks for itself in terms of the sexual assaults and the allegations. I'm sorry, but you don't get accused that many times and settle and have all this stuff happen, you know, with, without it actually happening. I'm sorry. It just doesn't happen. So he's not even an option for me at this point. And it, I, honestly, if he if he somehow magically signed with the Bears, I probably could not support a franchise that had him, that that paid him and, and employed him. I'm just sorry. I, I, did, I can't do it. But... When you look at all the other options, even Teddy Bridgewater, I mean stuff like that. It's like I think Bridgewater's probably going to get overpaid, but I think he gives you more upside than what you have. I, I just, I, I just, I, I think that if it's one of those situations, it's kind of slippery because if you don't go with that established veteran on this last leg, like Brady or you know Rivers or whatever, and if you don't go with the upside move, uh, you know, you know, with some of the other guys like a Bridgewater or stuff like that. And you don't trade for a guy like Cam Newton because, you know, the health issues or whatever. OK, that's fine. But now you're left with a guy like Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, or Case Keenum. And that's kind of where, you you know, I think Derek Carr is honestly probably the best option. But again, we, we don't know if he's even available, what it would take to get him, anything like that. So I think more realistically, you're probably looking in the Andy Dalton range, the Case Keenum range. Um, maybe even Ryan Tannehill. I mean, Ryan Tannehill could make some sense. Although I'm sorry, but I'm not as overly bought into what he did in Tennessee. When you know you have Derrick Henry and you have that rushing attack rushing for 150 200 yards a game. Sorry, not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be convinced that's gonna work in Chicago until we can see that they have a running game.
2: Yeah, and the other point to think of, you know, to kind of wrap up this quarterback talk is, you know, the Bears kind of want a veteran with a starter's pedigree, someone that you know has been a start in this league. And that can mean also if Trubisky does win the job and he stinks by week four, you can turn to this guy to kind of plug in and maybe get your offense going similar to what happened with Ryan Tannehill last year. I'm with you on Ryan Tannehill. I I'm good on that. I even wrote in the free agency quarterback preview on the bear report that, I mean, Derek Henry carried that team all the way in the playoffs and you could say, yeah, you know, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill had an impressive um, regular season and I mean, you have to think 21 touchdowns and five interceptions I mean, that, that's to me, that's catching lightning in a bottle. I don't think it happens again. I, I'm going to let Tennessee overpay for him and, and, and see what they can do. Uh, let's, let's, before we get into more of the Combine and a little free agency talk, let's hit our first break of the show, and we'll be right back after this.
1: The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.
2: Welcome back into the Bearport Podcast, um, Aaron. So at the combine, we learned a little more um, of the Bears' potential plans for the free agency period and the NFL Draft. When I look at these players that they you know met with and the positions they met with. Um, there's a kind of a common theme. I look at wide receiver and they, they met with two speedy possession type guys, uh, Gabriel Davis out of UCF and then Van Jefferson out of Florida. And, and Jefferson actually told me that he's friends with Allen Robinson, went to the same high school and he's kind of been talking to him on Instagram, would love to come here and play, but um, he's been bothered with a, um, an injury that kept him running out, you know, kept him out of the drills. And then I look, they did their homework on, I think it was, five or six edge rushers. They met with one quarterback, maybe two pending Jacob Easton. He wouldn't tell me if he met with the bears. He was, oh, I was kind of a weird presser. And then um, they met with a couple defensive backs, a safety. So for me, I look at this and a couple offensive linemen, you know, we got some needs going here into free agency. Obviously we talked about quarterback. We won't talk about everything free agency that's coming next week. Um, but it's kind of nice to see the bears doing their homework there on those positions. And and one of the things I want the bears to address, whether it's through the draft or free agency, and this could be at tight end, this could be at wide receiver. This could be at running back. I want some more damn speed on this offense. Like I look at Kansas city and I look at San Francisco, the two teams, in the super bowl, and they have not one, not two, but they have multiple burners on their offense. And I think that's something the bears have lacked in, in the Matt Nagy era.
3: Yeah, well, and it's funny because I think we're all kind of expecting them to have that, and they didn't. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, obviously they have Patterson who's, you know, kind of a gimmick player. I think they need to do a better job using him and Tariq Cohen, Uh, and I don't even know if I'd really consider Cohen a burner at this point. I think he's more of – honest, I think he's more of a gimmick than anything at this point, too, but – I mean, now Taylor Gabriel's not there. I mean, they've they've got a they've got a hole um, that they need to fill, whether that's through free agency or the draft. I'm kind of interested to see if uh, Albert Wilson gets cut because I think he could definitely make some sense. But I mean, when you're talking if you're talking wide receivers in this draft class, I mean, this draft class is loaded at receiver, and I think the Bears can get good value, uh, you know, in the mid mid rounds of the draft, but. It's going to be interesting because, again, I mean, you're we're kind of in a situation right now where we kind of need to see what happens with free agency and trades or whatever else is going to happen uh, before we get to the draft. But, I mean, even when we get there, the Bears have two second-round picks and then they have a comp pick fourth, a fifth. What is it? Two sixths and a seventh? I mean, they're that's they're not yeah, they're,
2: they're projected to have eight, Ryan Pace said.
3: So, so where would this Yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to count that out. But, I mean, with that, I, I don't know if that adds up to eight it, or not. Either way, I mean.
2: Oh, Which... sorry. It, I think it's it's two seconds, the fourth comp, um, their own fifth, and then two sixths, two sevenths. Oh, I think so. that's what he said.
3: Okay. Well, I mean, either way, though, that's not a lot to work with. I mean, you're you're ultimately kind of in one of those spots where you either better hit really nicely on both your second-round picks, or you better be dealing one of those second-round picks and getting either, you know— uh, you know, a late third and something else or I don't know, you got to do something. But I mean, again, it's one of those situations where this is the the bears are kind of paying the pipe right now in terms of, you know, they they've made some moves. And, you know, with obviously a cool little Mac and some of the other moves, Anthony Miller, some of the other moves that they made pace has been aggressive. And, you you know, uh, even with David Montgomery last year, now they've kind of got to pay the price. I mean, luckily after this year, they're hopefully they'll be able to get kind of out of the hole with draft capital. But um, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, luckily there's a there's a pretty damn good amount of talent overall, and it's gonna. I'm sure that Ryan Pace is probably going to. I mean, the Bears still have a good roster. And I, I guess that's another thing to kind of point out. Yeah, quarterbacks a question. They've obviously got some things they need to figure out, but the Bears still have a really good roster. Um, so, I mean, hopefully they'll get in a spot where they can kind of go best player available. They're not relying on, you know, a second round pick to start in year one. But uh, I do think that they need to have more impact than they did last year because you look at last year's draft class right now and it doesn't look too good at all. Even even if David Montgomery ends up handing out, it's it's one of those things where, man, that just you can't have those kind of draft class. And this kind of feels in some ways it kind of feels like Jerry Angelo again, where you start trading away too much draft capital and you know you start kind of you know making making money moves and all of a sudden you've got less cap space and you're really being forced to hit on your mid round picks more than you should and so it's going to be interesting but I, again the bears still have they still have a good amount of talent on the roster i think they have enough cap space to be able to move around and they got some flexibility with those those second round picks hopefully hopefully they'll do a little bit of maneuvering they can still you know stick in the second round if they want to but adding more picks and you know getting i think going uh, quantity over you know quality in terms of the, the you know where they're picking at may be a better approach for them this year just because of where they're at. But it's going to be interesting to see how pace can maneuver because again they can't have a draft class again like they did last year.
2: Yeah, and to kind of touch you know you know they did have some speed in that draft class last season when they took Kareth White in the seventh round. And then what happened? He goes to Pittsburgh because they left him in the practice squad, and you know he becomes a player that you know, went to Pittsburgh and I think he didn't start, but he came in and had an impact with the Steelers. as kind of a change of pace back. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, whether it is at wide receiver, whether it's at running back, um, even tight end, just, I, I'd like to see some more speed. I'd like to see a dynamic playmaker. And maybe, you know, that answer is you, you mentioned Cord- Cordell Patterson. Maybe that answer is getting Cordell Patterson some more reps on offense because we didn't see I mean, we saw in week two against the Broncos. He had that long run on the, um, reverse and then I believe we saw it a couple times late in the season and Matt Nagy even said oh well yeah we saw he could do these things well it's like why didn't you bring him in for more of those packages instead of just the uh, line him up behind um Metro Trubisky and try to run with him on third and one up the middle which is not his game so I'll be curious to see because I when Patterson was signed he was one of those guys I thought you know would get some more reps at running back Kind of what he did with the Patriots, and even line him up as an inline tight end. You 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 can't move him as a pass catching tight end. It's just not the same. People think it's easy, oh hey, just switch him to tight end. It's not that easy. I mean, first off, I don't know what he weighs, but I mean, you got to kind of be a little more bulked up, I think, to be a tight end. Uh, you're going to have some blocking responsibilities, so I would throw that out the window. Um, you, you know, the other thing, and we talked to Brad about this, is, is there's a decision with Leonard Floyd coming up. He's owed $13.2 million. Ryan Pace says they have not made a decision just yet. I have a hard time imagining that they're going to pay him $13.2 million. And I believe that they'll probably go the long-term route where maybe they'll try to sign him for a two, three-year deal, uh, get that that, uh, average salary per year down a little more, and then kind of draft an edge rusher and maybe groom him until Floyd's ready to leave.
3: Yeah, I can see that. And, uh, and another, uh, you know, you, you talk about Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy not wanting to commit to stuff.
2: Uh, another thing that
3: I think is very telling, and we'll just kind of circle back around this real quick, and I think it's worth mentioning, is the Bears can say whatever they want about Trubisky. They can say that he is their quarterback and blah, 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 blah. Here's the reality, right? is the only quarterback under contract right now. Chase Daniel's under contract. Tyler Bray hasn't been... Uh, you know, he hasn't been tendered yet because none of that has happened yet. So, I mean, when you're really looking at it, is the only quarterback under contract. So what else is Ryan Pace really going to say? But the bigger thing here is if the Bears were as confident as they warned him, one, they wouldn't be talking about competition and all this other stuff. But two, and this is the bigger point, they would have picked up his fifth-year option by now. And that's – I mean, a part of this is obviously the CBA, but I'm sorry. But if you're that confident in – you know, whoever it is that you that you have, like, let's just say, let's just put it this way, like, I guarantee you right now that the the Texans and the Chiefs aren't thinking twice about picking up Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes' fifth year options. If if Trubisky was truly the guy and he was really, you know, the the player that they're making him out to be, or they have as much confidence as as they say then the fifth-year option wouldn't be floating around this long. It wasn't floating around this long last year when uh, when Leonard Floyd was up for it. I mean, they they swooped that thing up like it was nothing, you know, and they they made a quick decision on Kyle Fuller when they didn't want to pick up his fifth-year option. Same thing with Kevin White. So, I, I obviously, the importance of the quarterback position is a little bit more, but I'm sorry, but if they were as confident as they said that they were in Trubisky, then that fifth-year option would be picked up and we wouldn't be talking about this right now. So I think that's kind of one thing to kind of keep in mind just as a theme for free agency and all the moves that they're going to make over the next month and a half, two months, is that you can kind of see where they're comfortable and where they're not. And Leonard Floyd's one of those spots and Trubisky's another one of those spots where there has been a lack of commitment verbally from both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy with both of those players. Uh, especially the financial commitment that it's going to take versus, you know, whatever else. So I think those are two interesting things to watch moving forward because, like you said, especially with Floyd, you can't pay the dude $13 million. He's a solid player. He's not a good player. We'll talk about that more with Brad here in a little bit. But, you know, with Trubisky, it's like, I'm sorry, but you can't get, especially if that fifth-year option ends up being guaranteed, you can't guarantee him that kind of money. I mean, worst case, you decline the fifth-year option, you push him with... uh Let's just say you put him with some sort of competition this year. He shows up. He actually looks like the quarterback that he should be. And then all of a sudden you tag him. You know, you lose out on a few million dollars. It is what it is at this point. You got your franchise quarterback. But, I mean, if the Bears were that confident with Trubisky, they'd pick up the fifth-year option and they wouldn't blink. And thats I I think that's probably, at least for me, that was the biggest story that came out of the combine. People can write whatever articles they want, but the fact is is the Bears have not committed the fifth-year option for Trubisky. And that is the biggest tell that you could possibly have, that they at least have questions about him. And I think they have more than just questions.
2: Yeah, and again, you know, this Bears Super Bowl window goes back to the quarterback position. I believe even with, you know, Haha Clinton Dex being a free agent, um, you have a decision to make on the inside linebacker and Leonard Floyd, you let go of Prince of Mukamura. I mean, those, you know, three or four holes, uh, you could address them. I still think this defense is good enough to be a Super Bowl defense. I think you have playmakers on offense. It just goes back to that quarterback position and, and what the Bears are going to do. And it'll definitely be a storyline, and you and I are going to talk about this through April, and I think we're going to talk about it up until the regular season as well um, with the competition that, that Chicago should have. Yeah, it'll be another interesting storyline. You know, we, you and I went from talking about kickers for eight months last year to now we're going to talk about the quarterback position for about <laughs> eight months in the offseason.
3: Yeah, it's. I mean, this isn't going away anytime soon. <laughs> at least we should get some sort of resolution, uh, at least, you know, at least in terms of the – talk with your and competition and who, what they do I mean we'll we'll know pretty quickly over the next yeah. I would say probably within three weeks three podcasts from now we'll know exactly what's going on
2: oh yeah no no doubt um yeah let's get into our interview uh we had Brad Spielberger um from overthecap.com. Uh a really good guy as Aaron said we both know him. we both talked to him um on Twitter multiple times Uh, He provides some insight on the Bears, uh, the new CBA in the NFL with uh, free agency, some numbers he throws out. And then at the end, uh, he talks a little bit about the comp pick situation and how it could actually change with the new CBA. Let's get into that interview, and then we'll uh, be back after that to wrap up the show. And now joining us here on the Bear Report podcast is a very special guest. He works for OverTheCap.com. He's my go-to guy for all salary cap and uh, comp pick needs. Welcoming in now here is Brad Spielberger. Brad, thanks so much for joining us.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Happy to be here.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I guess free agency two weeks away. Um, You know, it should be a very exciting free agency period. We've already seen some moves starting to make. What are kind of your initial and early thoughts on the free agency period uh, regarding the Bears and maybe overall uh, NFL?
4: Yeah, sure. Uh, I really do think this is going to be one of the more exciting free agency periods we've had in a couple of years. Uh, you know, the primary uh, reason is because the quarterback market, you know, is obviously one of the more, you know, full quarterback markets we've had in a long time. Uh, tying that into the Bears, I suppose. Uh, I, I think that one quote that stuck out to me about that Ryan Pace said at the combine was that they were trying to add talent more through trades in the draft and that they were not going to be as active in free agency, or perhaps they were going to, try to add guys that were cuts to avoid hurting their compensatory pick chances which we can obviously get into further
3: so that kind of leads into a good question here and you know you just kind of touched on the whole quarterback situation right this is going to be probably one of the more loaded quarterback classes I guess you could say because I mean you look at a free agency you look at a trade options uh you know guys are going to get cut now you know and this has kind of been a big topic obviously for Bears fans the Bears in general is what the hell are they going to do a quarterback? And, you know, there's – everybody's kind of taking away something different from this. But I'll kind of make this a more granular question here and just ask you, what can the Bears really afford a quarterback right now? Obviously, we know that the, the salary cap can be moved. Uh, we know that different things can, can be moved around, whether it's extensions, whether it's cutting guys – Uh, So kind of more of a broad view here. I mean, what are the Bears really looking at in terms of what they can afford? Can they afford a Derek Carr? Can they afford an Andy Dalton? Or are they going to have to go lower level? Can they afford Tom Brady? I mean, what's your overall take on that?
4: Yeah, sure. So, you know, obviously, first and foremost, this new CBA, which I personally fully expect to pass. I think it could be in the next week or two weeks. uh, And that will help the Bears not only just because it, it's expected to have you know a decent salary cap number, maybe even above the $200 million figure that we use it over the cap. In addition, it gets rid of some rules, like a 30% rule, uh, which makes it harder for the Bears to clear up money. I won't go into the specifics of what that rule is, but basically if they want to extend someone like an Allen Robinson, if that 30% rule is still there, it's harder for them to reduce his 2020 cap hit because they can't just kind of backload the deal. So – Let's say in this hypothetical, the new the new CBA goes through. They can they can afford any quarterback they want, in my opinion. You know, of course, it depends on if they go for the Tom Brady. Maybe they make no other additions to the roster, right? Um, but you know, a Derek Carr, a Nick Foles, and Andy Dalton, in my opinion, in no way, shape, or form restricts their ability to do to do other things for the roster.
2: So you know, over the years since Ryan Pace kind of taken over, he's had some big. Splashes in what we like to call tier one, tier two, um, you know, citing Danny Trevathan, Allen Robinson, Trey Burton. Last year there really wasn't a big um, day one splash or tier one splash. We kind of had to wait a little bit to see what the Bears were going to do. For your outlook, what do you think the Bears are going to do? do you, can you see a, maybe a day one, tier one splash, or is it going to be more of what we saw last season with kind of just signing scattered over, you know, the next couple of weeks?
4: I would probably predict more the the latter, um, more just some kind of mid tier signings, just just to plug up some holes. Um, f- as far as the biggest splash it could be, uh, I'd say maybe if they go for a Graham Glasgow at right tackle, uh, maybe Vadi Vaitai. Probably said that wrong, but I've been practicing. Um, <laughs> who, who I think they would probably slot in at right guard and maybe groom to take over the right tackle position uh, once Massey, you know, is on his way out. So, you know, I think those are like the bigger moves you're looking at. I, I no longer expect them to be big players in the tight end market. Um, they sound kind of dejected. It kind of sounds like they're getting outbid on all these top-level guys. So, yeah, I, I do think it's going to be more just filling, plugging some holes with some solid depth pieces and, and maybe a couple, quote-unquote, you know, mini splashes, uh, you know, of, of solid starters.
3: So kind of touching back a little bit on the uh, the, the new CBA, uh, where do you see the advantages, especially for a team like the Bears? I mean, obviously, you know, height and cap space and stuff like that. But do you see any other benefits that could help out the Bears versus what we've been kind of expecting over the last few weeks?
4: Yeah, sure. So I touched on it before, but the biggest one is just getting rid of that 30% rule. Uh, basically, just to, I don't know, in the simplest terms, you're not allowed to – have a greater than 30% increase on a guy's payment. If you take out the signing bonus, so everything but signing bonus, you're not allowed to increase that by more than 30% from 2020 going into 2021 and, and years beyond. So, easy example if you're gonna pay a guy 10 million in base salary in 2020, and let's say there's nothing else in the deal, you couldn't pay him more than 13 million in 2021. So, like I mentioned, the Allen Robinson example, and I think with Akeem Hicks, Allen Robinson, you know, other moves where they could create cap space, they can't do that right now because what they'd want to do is to have you know, a $1 million 2020 base salary and then a you know, $12 million 2021 base salary, which obviously would totally violate that rule. So it's not so much the new CBA giving them more benefits. It's really just getting rid of those final league year 2020 rules.
2: You know, going back to the Bears, um, you know, kind of looking at over the cap right now, and uh, they're projected to have 16, you know, 16.6 million. I don't know if that counts the recent um, cuts or not. I don't know if it's been updated. What moves you maybe see the Bears surprisingly making maybe to free up some more cap space?
4: Sure. So real quick, that number includes everything except for We don't put in retirements uh, until they're official. And Kyle, this you know may surprise some people or maybe cause some stir, but Kyle Long is not officially retired. Uh, He tweeted it out, but it is not a. The league has not processed that transaction. Uh, It's not common for guys to come back, but it actually has happened a few times, which is why Jason decided that we just don't do it until March 18th. So that 16.6 number, you can go ahead and add eight million to that number. so yeah so it's around 24 million dollars instead of around uh 16 so yeah so i expect an Allen robinson extension i mean the day the cba passes i think they're going to extend him 10 minutes later uh i was in indianapolis as was Allen robinson there is no reason for current player to be in indianapolis besides to be negotiating an extension with his current team uh or, or, or i guess he's a free agent but so so uh, in my opinion they, they may have on the table right now they may have agreed all right here's your contract extension if the cba does go through here's your extension if it doesn't go through and we'll go from there so i almost i think that's like already happened um akeem hicks restructure he currently has a 10.2 million dollar base salary in 2020 uh only has 1.5 million in, in bonus parations. so you could definitely shift a, a good chunk over there um yeah and, and then i think i i toyed with the idea of maybe extending Coral pa- Cordero Patterson. Um, you know, maybe add a year or two onto his deal, maybe add some void years on his deal. And again, shift some of that um, base salary over to signing bonus and freeing up some cash. They really don't have a lot of guys that are good candidates for that though.
3: So let me, let me ask you this then. So, I mean, you're just talking about guys that can be restructured, extended stuff like that. Now, you know, we've, we've all kind of seen, you know, this has been a topic for Bears fans everywhere. Leonard Floyd, all right, you know, he's he's on his fifth-year option. He's guaranteed about 13 – or not guaranteed, but he's set to make about $13.2 million. I mean, that's a lot of money for a dude that really – I mean, he's just a solid player, but he's just not – he's not a $13 million a year player. So – what do you think an extension would look like for Leonard Floyd? Because we've gone back and forth. I mean, uh, you know, Zach, Brad, and I all kind of know each other, you know, outside of obviously this podcast. And, I mean, we've, we've traded numbers back and forth with, with different extension predictions and stuff over the last year or two. And, I mean, you've been pretty well dead on with everything. So I'm kind of curious to see what you would project for a Leonard Floyd extension because that was one of the things that Brad Biggs actually mentioned is something that if they can't get an extension done with him, they may just cut him loose because they may need that money.
4: Yeah. And and I think that, that, uh, you know, that smoke starting to build a little bit because Kevin Fishman also tweeted today, something to the effect of, you know, 13.2 million is too much for Leonard Floyd. And I hadn't seen him say anything like that before. So, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I agree with you. He's a fine player. He's a solid player. Um, I mean an extension that I think would make sense from the team side would be something like eight and a half, nine and a half million dollars a year. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not a $10 million-a-year player, in my opinion. Um, but he's not going to take that. I mean, he's a, he's, a t- he's a ninth overall pick, young, edge rusher that has promise, has upside, you know, a couple snaps a game, he looks like the most athletic freak on the planet. It's just, unfortunately, you know, 80% of the snaps, he looks like he's doing nothing. So, I, I, it's tough. I, I mean, the fact that guys like that are saying that leads me to believe that they, the Bears, in similar vein to Callahan and Amos – Basically, have met their threshold of all right. We'll extend you. We like you. You're a good guy. We see promise in you. But our our max is this number. Um, and, and Floyd's probably just saying, okay, let me go. Then I'll I'll go test the market, or let me just play on the fifth year option. Um, and in my opinion, then the Bears should just cut cut him.
2: Yeah, I also agree. I, I think thirteen point two million is way too much to to pay Leonard Floyd and Ryan Pace. Kind of talked about it, where you know he loves his pass, you know, coverage abilities, but. You draft him to be a, an edge rusher and to get to the quarterback. He hasn't really done that. Um, the other guy that was kind of the big topic at the um, scouting combine was Nick Kukowski, and, and a couple of the guys I talked to around the team, uh, other reporters, they all made it sound like he's going to be their priority for the Bears. Um, you know, obviously you have the decision to make between Kukowski and Trevathan. You'd love to bring KPL back um, on a cheap deal. What? is the market for Nick Kukowski, and, and what do you kind of see, you know, him getting, whether it's from the Bears, or maybe if he signs a bigger deal with another team elsewhere?
4: Sure, so this one, you know, I think all Bears fans at this point are are, are used to trying to parse out whether Pace is being honest, or whether he's trying to, you know, throw some people off guard and whatnot. Um, I, I like Nick Kukowski, he had a fine year as a replacement, but I think this is starting to get out of hand, and I'm starting to think that, the Bears are trying to pump up his value for, like, compensatory pick purposes. Um, I mean, I'm seeing, like, $8 million plus a year thrown around, which I think is preposterous. Um, I mean, he's a good player. He's a good run blocker. He can shed blocks well. He showed the ability to rush up the middle, but he's awful in coverage. And that is what you – that's where you bring value as an off-ball linebacker. Um, and he's just an absolute liability. So, I mean, if another team wants to pay him that much, uh, I'd be ecstatic because he'd maybe get the Bears, you know, in position for a fifth round or maybe in a fourth round comp pick. I, I like the guy. I, they've groomed him. He, he's come along well. But I'm starting to think that it's, it's a bit, I don't know, a, a bit of a facade there. I mean, if I'm the Bears, I give him I don't know, five and a half million a year, six million a year tops. So which looks like, which sounds like is, is no longer his market.
3: Well, and it, it kind of brings up a, a bigger point here because, you know, like you and Zach just mentioned, looking at the outside, or sorry, inside linebacker as a whole here, I mean, the Bears had three guys. I mean, obviously, Danny Trevathan has been good for a while. Problem is, health has always been the issue for him. Nick Wachowski feels like an Adrian Amos type situation where he basically. You know, he, he had his chance, it didn't happen. You know, they drafted uh you know, they drafted Roquan Smith and then he kinda sat on the bench and then an injury happened, all of a sudden he gets a shot and he played pretty damn well. I mean, there's really no way around that. The problem is is you're looking at a guy with much less of a sample size than somebody like an Adrian Amos. And I agree with you. I mean, anything over I'd say probably six million dollars a year, I don't think it's worth it. So to kind of flip that a little bit and kind of look at the other two guys on this roster or, you know, that were on the roster last year and are set to be free agents, you know, you're looking at Danny Trevathan who, I mean, the guy, he's a good player. He's one of the Bears leaders on the defense side of the ball, but health is the question. He's starting to get up there a little bit at age. And then also Kevin Pierre lewis I mean, what, what what are we looking at in terms of the market for those two players? And does it make more sense to spend maybe – the same amount of money or a little bit less on those two players than to sign a, just a guy like Nick Wachowski.
4: Yeah. So, you know, Trevathan,
3: uh, I think the injury, you know, a big part of it is the
4: injuries. Uh, I think people almost forgot how injured he was kind of in the beginning of his Bears career. Cause he was able to have a good stretch of like a season and a half of being healthy. But, you know, this injury issue is, this is not, you know, the first time dealing with this and he's now approaching 30 or, or will be 30 by next season. But I think you can use that to your advantage, right? So I think he could be had at a discount. He was coming off a deal that averaged seven a year um, before this season and during the season. I said, all right, there's no way they're going to get him for a number below that. Now that he got hurt, if you can get him kind of the same thing, if you can get him for $6 million a year for a two-year deal, which is basically a one-year deal type, type thing because he is a leader, because you don't want to spend a ton at that position with all your other needs. Because you hope Roquan becomes that that, you know, general of the defense anyways. You no, know, that's where that's where I would go. as for KPL or sorry, Kevin Pierre Lewis, I I'm starting to wonder if there's some reason why he was never getting a full snap load elsewhere. I mean, the guy's great. He played really well. He looked good in all facets of his position for the you know, the, the few snaps he played. And he's obviously a good special teams player, save for an awful penalty this year or maybe two. Um but I'm just wondering, like, is there some reason why he wasn't able to, to break through before?
2: Yeah, I mean, he did play pretty well. He had, he had the two punting gaffes um, this year. But overall, I mean, he was solid backup. Um, so I guess one of my last questions here um, before we let you go, do you see any maybe surprise moves the Bears would make? Or um, maybe if you kind of want to call your shot, maybe see a player under the radar that really no one's talking about in free agency that could be a target?
4: I think I already gave it away, um, but I do think they're going to be very interested in, in Halapula Vadi Vaitai. Um, personally, I think it's, it's, it's a smart move to get a guy this year for right guard, but with the idea of looking at right tackle. So I guess if you have other guys in mind that you think could project that way, but that my splash, yeah, that's kind of my under the radar idea. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think they have a ton of money to do like a huge splash like we talked about. So. I think they just might sign some middle tier guys that we just haven't seen anyone link them to.
3: All right. Well, my last question, I'll just kind of go more of a general NFL type thing here. You got one prediction of one team that maybe we're not looking at that may go out and spend a ton of money this year.
4: Hmm. That's a good question. Ah. Uh... I'm trying to think here. I, I would say that a team that people might not expect to be spending a money, spending a ton of money, just because they just made the playoffs, would be the Bills. Uh, but I think they're going to go full tilt. Uh, I think they kind of put their, you know, toe in the water last year and, and saw, wanted to see how what their roster looks like. Uh, I now think they're going to be all in on potentially some tackles. Uh, I think they're going to be any free agent receiver they're going to be interested in. Uh, I think they could be involved in the tight end conversation. Dawson Knox is a great draft pick, but they could use a second guy there. Um, I think they could really, I mean, go, go full tilt.
2: And I promised the, uh, the, the people that listen to this podcast and our message board uh, that you kind of explain a little bit about the uh, comp pick situation. Um, not too long. Don't run too long, but maybe if you want to give the basics on how it works in the NFL, um, maybe what possible comp picks the bears could be looking at this year with a projection. I know that's kind of tough until free agency opens, but maybe just kind of give a, a brief rundown on uh, what the NFL comp pick situation is.
4: Yeah, sure. So very high level uh, where it starts is, the amount of free agents, the unrestricted free agents that your team loses and the amount of unrestricted free agents that your team signs. So no cuts, just, you know, guys whose contracts have expired. From there, uh, you know, you cancel it out. So if you have a positive, then you're, you're in the game. If you have a negative, then you're not eligible. Then at that point, you look at the size of the contracts that the guy signed. Uh, and obviously the best you can get is a third, and it goes all the way down to a seventh. Um, So I will say uh, in terms of projecting, you know, they could get a a couple comp picks if they avoid signing unrestricted free agents and keep making moves kind of like the Demetrius Harris move. I mean, uh, you could have ha ha Clinton Dix, Kwiatkowski, maybe Trevathan. Um, I mean, they have some guys that that could definitely get them in the, in the comp pick conversation. I will say though, the comp formula is going to change in the new CBA. Um, So, I don't want to speak too definitively on it. I know some of the tweaks. I don't know all of them yet. Uh, So, you know, I'll keep keep updating that on on Twitter and and wherever, but there's definitely possibilities.
2: And uh, where can everyone follow you on Twitter?
4: You can find me on Twitter at Brad OTC.
2: I recommend everyone follow him. He's a great follow. Like I said, he's my go-to guy whenever I have uh, comp pick questions, salary cap questions, and it sounds like the new CBA, a lot of things are going to be changing. So uh, definitely check out. Brad's profile. Uh Brad, thank you so much for joining us, man.
4: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. All right, take it easy. Right, bye. Welcome back in the Bearport Podcast. Once again, that was Brad Spielberger from overthecap.com. Really good insight there on uh salary cap, CBA, um and some bears talk. Aaron and I have been talking about the quarterback position, some combine stuff. Next week we'll be back, though. We'll have um, some talk, our free agency preview, because we'll be a couple days out of free agency um, in what should be an exciting free agent period. I know there's that uh, quote-unquote tampering thing before free agency, which really doesn't matter. So I think we'll have some more news by next week. There's already been a couple trades going on uh, each of the last two days here. But yeah, it's March, Aaron. It's the best month of sports. In addition to the uh, free agency, we got some college basketball, baseball, spring training starting up, NBA, NHL. It's a great time. I'm in the mood. I'm I'm like fired up to talk about football and all the other sports. So I'll be ready next week for our free agency period. Um, Anything else you want to close out the show with?
3: No, I think, I mean, it's really just, it's kind of one of those situations where we're just going to have to kind of see things play out. And luckily, you know, the the franchise tag uh, period starts pretty quickly, and then you're going to have tenders going on. I mean, things are going to get really hot and heavy pretty quickly, and I think we're going to—I'd say probably over the next week, week and a half, because I think a lot of a lot of the quarterbacks especially, a lot of this is going to depend on where Tom Brady goes. And I think as soon as Tom Brady makes his decision, whether that's in New England, whether that's Tennessee, uh, the Raiders, whoever it may be, I you know, the, the 49ers have all of a sudden been a big talk— then I think once you see that one domino fall, you're going to see a lot of other things go. But I'm telling you, man, it's uh, that smoke's getting quite heavy for Andy Dalton, it feels like. Uh, but, I mean, either way, the Bears, it, the CBA is going to be another interesting thing to watch. And that was kind of something we covered with Brad. Uh, because if that CBA goes through, the Bears are going to have more cap space. Obviously, every single team will, but that will give the Bears a little bit more flexibility. Obviously, price tags will go up a little bit, but I think that, the overall cap space going up will definitely help them, especially if they're trying to fit, let's say, an Andy Dalton contract or a Derek Carr contract or any of those kind of contracts that they would trade for, uh, whatever it may be, fit those under the cap. It will make things a lot easier considering they're already kind of, uh, you know, kind of already done. So we'll we'll see. But this is definitely as weird as it is to say, because it feels like the, the offseason has been flying by so far. Um I mean, we're we're right around the corner of free agency and kind of seeing what uh, what Ryan Pace is going to do to get this team back in the playoffs and hopefully back on the road to being a Super Bowl contender.
2: Yeah, you're right, man. The biggest domino to fall is going to be Tom Brady, and maybe we'll have some more news by the next time uh, we do record on the Bear Report podcast. Uh, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at, Aaron?
3: Yeah, you can follow me at Aaron Lemming NFL.
2: Perfect. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K, Underscore Pearson, and you can follow the Bearport at Bearport on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode previewing some free agency stuff. Um, yeah, until then, we'll talk to everyone later. See ya.
1: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.